0: Well, good morning again, everybody. It's good to have you here. You all look very nice today. I'm not going to pick out which ones of you look slightly nicer than the others. We're just going to leave it as a general statement. You all look pretty nice, so celebrate that. Um, Hey, we are uh, in a series called Walk This Way. I won't sing the song. Uh, But really the focus of it, I hope you've gotten a chance to get in on some of those messages. Uh, If not, they're on our YouTube uh, channel, the audio version is. And basically the the focus of it has been uh, what are some of the ways in which we have the privilege of reflecting Jesus to the world, right? And I think that the main thing, uh, if we had to choose whether we talk about how we reflect Jesus to the world, or we could only talk about that, or about how Jesus wants to work in us inwardly, I would definitely start here, if that makes sense. It's much more important to understand who Jesus is to us. That's the, the root of the tree. That's the, the foundation. That's the living water. So so make no mistake, we're not trying to be like, oh, get out there and do a bunch of good things. But the Bible does speak to us about the idea that, that as we're drinking of the living water, as we're planted by the streams of living water, like Psalms 1 speaks of, that a byproduct is that we also bear fruit. We also, right, there's some, some ways in which our lives benefit others around us and show the glory of God and show the goodness of Jesus. And so this series has kind of uh, addressed several different ways in which that can happen. Obviously, there's you know, millions of ways, but, but we've just chosen a few to focus on. And um, one of the things that we're doing in this series that I think is a bit unique uh, is that we're kind of taking the three-thirds approach. Some of you that are familiar with small groups or house churches may be familiar with this, where you take a meeting and you say, hey, we're going to spend some time looking back at what we learned last time and how we actually put it into practice and actually sharing, hint, we're going to give you a chance to share, so be thinking ahead. Uh, But anybody who heard, in this case, the teaching on generosity and maybe who took some steps to step out into that in a practical way. We're going to have, have an opportunity to share that together. Um, and, and we don't have to share the specifics of it. And we're not trying to toot our own horns. But we're just saying, hey, we believe there's a value in growing together as the family of God. We believe there's value. You know, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 says... Uh, um, And let us (laughs) consider how we, sorry, mental blank there. Uh, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us, you know, all the more uh, as we see the day approaching. And so, kind of butchered that. But the point is, let us consider how we may spur one another, encourage one another on. Part of that is just giving each other a chance to share, hey, here's how it's working in my life. Or here's where I'm struggling or here's where I don't understand how it's supposed to work in my life. And uh, if you've been uh, attending here for any period of time, you may have sensed that little bit of kind of awkwardness as we provide an opportunity which we're going to do in a moment, uh, for sharing. <laughs> it's not normally what happens, at least in most Sunday morning experiences that I've been a part of around, you know, in my life story. And uh, But we believe that that awkwardness, th- there's something so valuable on the other side of it that we're willing to make time for it. Does that make sense? So I don't want anybody to think like, do they not know how awkward this feels? Yeah, we do. Trust me, it feels awkward to like not fill in the gap of the silence, but we believe that actually making time to hear each other and how God is working and the Lord develop in us together as a, as a faith family an actual, can you imagine if we start caring more and more and more about how God is working and somebody else sitting down the, the row from us and we're not just leaving, well, I don't know, I don't know if I really felt fed this morning. Wow, what if we left the doors going, oh my gosh, that person and that person and that person really got rocked by the Holy Spirit. And I'm so excited because God met them. And man, maybe this week wasn't that great for me, but maybe next week will be my week. But man, can you imagine the incredible blessing that that would invite from the Lord if we love each other that way? And if it's not just about, let me get mine and run. You know, we're like a bag lunch mentality. Let me get my message and I'll just apply it however and whenever I feel. I think God is just challenging some of those paradigms and just saying, hey, I don't want that. I want you to sit down together as family to the table and, 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 and be patient, right? Not just, you know, in a physical way, but even spiritually as each other is eating of my word. And, and be more and more interested in how I'm revealing myself to somebody else. And guess what? That might come around. And all of a sudden, we're super blessed by something somebody shared that we weren't even expecting. So, just so you know, it's on purpose. So, hopefully that's of some comfort. Okay. Um, So, we're going to look back. We're going to look up at God's word and what he has for us today. And then we're actually going to end with looking forward and have an opportunity. We're going to pray together. And we're going to just let the Holy Spirit speak to us for a minute about, hey, is there anything from what we looked at in God's word today that he already is kind of planting seeds of how we can put that into practice? of how he wants us to step out in obedience. And again, this is not our time to boast or to ingrandize ourselves or to whatever. It's just sharing to make ourselves accountable or to say, okay, Lord, like I'm gonna take a step and I'm trusting you to meet me as I step out. God's calling us to be a church not based on knowledge but based on obedience to him. So does that make sense? Okay, so we're in that series. Um, A couple weekends ago, Pastor Dan taught on uh, generosity and the power of generosity. So I wanted to have uh, an opportunity. We've got a couple of handheld mics. uh, And if you are willing to share, again, I don't want to steal your treasure in heaven by you saying everything, all the details. But if you um, are able to share, if you stepped out in obedience in some way, what did that do in your heart? What did that do in your spirit? Or how was somebody around you blessed or impacted? How did they encounter Jesus through your obedience to God's word? So I know that's a lot there. But anybody willing to share, even in some tiny, tiny little way, how you stepped out and how God met you there?
1: Dan. So... I'll start and let you guys know that we're trying to apply this stuff in our personal lives as well. Um, and so, for for this in, in, during the last two weeks, uh, my wife and I actually met a couple at a barn sale. It, it was like a garage sale, but they had a barn. We went met this couple. Well, this particular week, I got to actually take him out to lunch. Um, just chance meeting, um, I just invited him to lunch and paid for his lunch. And we had an incredible conversation, and I believe God is going to do something incredible through this relationship because this is a a gentleman who formerly was a pastor that now sat across the table and told me he is agnostic. And so um, we got done with the lunch, though, and I was just sharing what's happening here at Shine Church, and he was like, oh, my gosh, I want to hear more, but I have to go. And so now we're going to go golfing, um, and I will probably pay for his round of golf. um and i'm just looking forward to seeing what God is going to do and it just came from going to a garage sale or in this case a barn sale and <laughs> inviting the guy to cover his lunch and it was amazing
0: so good so good thank you Dan for sharing that somebody else how has God yeah adrian
2: well this is kind of funny but he and i were just laughing cuz we were talking about this the whole drive here and so we're laughing that this is the lesson today. <laughs> so m- I'm kind of right in the middle of this, so I just wanted to share this, that um, my little sister has a very sick daughter. She's 13, and she's ha- kind of in the middle of kidney failure that has been going on for a while, and she's also going through a divorce, and she's a she's a boxing star, kind of, So she's managing a lot of things right now. And last night I was just feeling like I needed to reach out and push her to let me and my family help her. (laughs) And so right now I'm right in the middle of trying to do something more because I can see a need that I don't think I and others are able to do enough for. And so my prayer right now is that God helps show me the way and I sent her a message last night that was very kind of big sister Stern, like, hey, stop trying to do this yourself. So I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but that's where I'm at. And I think when we care and we try our best, God does open those
0: doors. Mm. That's so good, Adrian. I love that. And yeah, sometimes I think I think you're I think you're being led of the Lord. In that loving, like, hey, because sometimes the first by default response is, no, 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 I'm good. You know, people don't want us to carry their burden with them or, or you know, it, that's just kind of a polite, but sometimes pressing through and be like, no, 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 like, I really want to do this. I really want to help. Good for you. I think you're right where God wants you to be, and, and he's put you in that situation in her life. And, yeah, amen. Lord, just uh, thank you for Adrian and her sister. God, you know what she's going through right now. You know the depths of the pain of it. You know the multiple facets and dimensions of everything that she's facing in all the different areas, Lord. And God, we just pray that as Adrian and Helios step into this place of saying, hey, God, use us. God, in some way, large or small, whatever, use us to be a blessing. Use us to be a channel of your love. Use us to be a source of healing, God, we pray that you would just guide their steps, that you would resource them, that the, that the floodgates of heaven would open and would flow through them into her sister's life and that she would just know that she's loved, that she would feel more than ever your presence. God, that her eyes would be just able to, to see you in a whole new way and, and just come to trust and love you if she doesn't already. God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for letting us be a part of that, even through praying. Somebody else going through? Maybe it's like you said, something that you're going through right now uh, that God's placed you in a place to to step into a, a generous role. Oh, yeah, Tom.
3: Last week, uh, we had the privilege of um, allowing two of our good friends to say their wedding vows once again. Mm. After how many years of marriage? After 37 years of marriage. And so we uh, hosted that. 30 people sit down. We had to move some furniture. (laughs) (laughs) So partly uh, I guess the gift here was hospitality and servant's heart. But what I got out of that the pastor who delivered the message in the service, it just went right to my heart because we're talking about a renewal of vows here. When we first get married, we all go through this Hollywood-style love and romance and passion, and we don't know what we're getting into. (laughs) Well, this couple had been through hell. He was struck with an addiction. I worked with him getting through that mine as well, and they survived uh, near divorce. And so here, years later, they agreed to reunite and restore the the marriage. And that message uh, struck home, I think, to everyone in that room that had been married for X number of years, because we all go through the same thing. And that wedding ceremony, uh, spoke more to me than most weddings do because of the reality of the experience of having to go through life struggles. So I got blessed so much that way because I was right there with them. Been there, done that. Praise God to his glory.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Tom. Thanks for stepping out in that way. And, you know, it's interesting. When you did that, there was like a collateral blessing effect right where you didn't you didn't open your home to say well I want to be blessed you know like okay how will I be blessed you stepped out in the father's heart of generosity to bless them and yet you found yourself blessed and I guarantee you you're right i bet the the words from that were spoken about marriage actually strengthened a number of other relationships so sometimes we don't know you know our act of stepping out can actually not only bring blessing back to us but actually have a a ripple effect. One more, is there one more?
4: Over here. Hi, um, my name Jade. This is my first time here, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm actually from Utah, um, but I've lived here before. I just wanted to try out this church. But I think it's amazing that everything that everybody has shared, Um, I just wanted to share that before I left Utah, um, so I have this mutual friend and I ran into him at a concert and he was sitting down and he had really bad anxiety. And so I started praying for him and he got right up and, you know, everything was okay. But, um, a few weeks later he reached out to me and he said, um, Jade, can I come to church with you? And I said, yeah, of course, you know, and. Um, that day, um, I told him the address and where to go, and um, unfortunately, I actually had something come up and I couldn't make it, and, um, but he showed up anyways, and he went and walked into that church, and he said that he had felt so much um, peace and hope and joy when he started hearing the worship music, and he called me that day and he said, thank you so much for, for inviting, uh, letting me go and even not showing up because Jade, I have cancer, and um i just i i've been so broken and i've not known what to do um and so i just pray for his name's jordan but you know he's he's a fresh christian you know and um he did dedicate his life to the lord but he needs some prayer and his growth and stuff like that so
0: amen let's pray for him right now thank you for stepping out in the way the lord led you father we come together god for jordan Lord, thank you for Jade's obedience to your Holy Spirit. Man, that's actually what we're, what we're getting ready to, to talk about and to meditate on together is just stepping out in the simple ways that you put right in front of our face. And Lord, she did it, Lord, and she invited him and prayed for him. And God, now you see, Lord, this, this severe uh, health struggle that he's in the middle of. God, we just pray, Jesus, would you show up in a powerful way? God, we agree together. Would you, you're, you desire for us to be whole. That is, that is not in question. Your desire for us is to be whole, to have life, to have peace, Lord, to, to have wholeness in you. So we're praying that you break the curse of cancer, that you just flood into Jordan's body, flood every, every cell, every molecule, and just accomplish a miracle that he would truly know that, yes, of course, his soul is most important and his relationship with you, but he, he would know that you also care about his physical body, that you also care about him as a whole person, God. Accomplish something so beautiful in this story that many people would be caused to to worship you. Many people would be drawn to trust you. Many people would be drawn that this story would, would have a ripple effect once again of you revealing how good you are, Jesus. We pray that and we agree together in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jay. Thank you all for sharing that, guys. I I hope you find that valuable. Again, to me, that just encourages my spirit as I just hear from different ones because we're all unique. And the way that you're gonna hear something is gonna be different than how I hear it or how the person next to you hears it. And the way that the Holy Spirit moves you is gonna be different. And so it's just... I think that there's a great value there. So thanks for just kind of wrestling through that awkwardness with us um, to get there. Um, Today, as we transition from looking back today, uh, we're going to look at uh, a different area of of walking this way, walking like Jesus walked. And that is simply, and again, Jade, you you provided a perfect segue, because it is uh, availability. The power that is released when we simply say yes to God, when we simply make ourselves available to God. You know, a lot of times we think that we've got to have this massive plan figured out, you know, almost like we're playing the game of risk. And we have, like, Kamchatka, you know, with four armies and attacking, you know, Kirkutsk or whatever. I don't know. All those things used to play that game. Uh, And we have to have this global strategy. I mean, that's great if you do. If the Lord's giving you that, praise God. But sometimes it's much simpler. Sometimes even following up from a couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, when we talked about living on mission, and we talk about the nations being out there and God wanting to reach them and them to know Him. And that's 100% true and, and how God wants us to be involved locally. But sometimes maybe there's even a step like zero before step one, which is just like, what has God put right in front of my face? Maybe the first step, right? You all know the saying that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Sometimes God has just put something right here in front of us today, in this moment, that he's just saying, I know the world needs me. I know that, you know, we need to conquer world hunger. I know that, you know, Ukraine is in trouble. Like, but, but, hey, will you just do this thing for me or with me right now? And if we learn to hear that and we just step out in obedience, sometimes then his glory can be unleashed in a whole new way. And so we wanted to talk about that uh, today. You know, I believe, just a few thoughts about it. One is that opportunities sometimes or often come disguised as interruptions. Would you agree? Anybody here feel like you live a life where other people didn't get the memo and they interrupt you? When you're trying to, you know do the thing that you're supposed to be doing. I don't know, if you're supposed to be working, making money, you're supposed to be studying, you're supposed to be, uh, you know, putting your kids to bed, and, but it's just like, it feels like I think in life sometimes we're just, our phone's going off and we got a this and an email coming in and a coworker needing to be trained on something that we already trained them for. And, you know, I think it feels often like our lives are just, ah, we're going through and it just feels like we're just like in a little gauntlet, you know, just being, you know, ransacked by interruptions. And I'm not saying that's God's will for you. I, I believe that there's a value in focus, that there's a value in, in planning, that there's a value in, in working, you know, planning your work, work your plan, uh, all of that, 100%. And that's, we could, we could talk about that another time. But I really believe that the, that the Lord wants us to understand that sometimes, some interruptions are actually from him. Some interruptions are actually opportunities for the glory of God. How do I know this? Well, for one, look at the life of Jesus. Uh, I know Jesus, I mean, Jesus was the perfect prophet who spoke the word of God, the perfect priest who loved people and represented them, the perfect king who ruled and established, you know, mobilized the 12 and the 72 and, and really kind of got the whole, the whole thing going, you know, of, of his kingdom on earth. Um, so he, was a, he knew how to plan, he knew how to strategize. But so many of the people that were touched by him weren't on his eye in the morning when he left for work, you know, like, okay, here we go, and then it was like he constantly got interrupted. In Mark chapter 5 and Luke chapter 8, it actually tells of him, so he goes across the Sea of Galilee into the area of the Gadarenes, he gets interrupted by a guy with demons, so there's that, right, so boom, demons go into the pigs, go off the the cliff into the water and drown, and everybody's like, okay, why don't you leave our region, you know, protect the cows, (laughs) protect the other animals. Um. But anyway, so he gets back in the boat, he goes back to Capernaum, uh, and then he gets there, and he is interrupted by a man named Jairus, who is a ruler or a leader in their synagogue. Uh, those of you that are going to Israel, you're going to see that synagogue. I have it in my mind right now. I've been there. Uh, they call it Kafir Nahum. By the way, side note, if you ever say Kafir Nahum instead of Capernaum, everybody will think you're super smart, because that's how evidently it's pronounced in Hebrew. Kafir Nahum, the village of Nahum. The prophet who knew okay anyway so you go there and so he's he gets on the boat he's interrupted by this guy whose uh, 12 year old daughter is dying Uh, and so he's interrupted so he's like okay so all right let's let's see what the father has here and then while he's on the way there he actually gets interrupted in the middle of an interruption A lady who has a hemorrhage (laughs) grabs the hem of his garment, and and he has to stop, and so he ministers to her, and he says, you you know, your faith has made you well, you know, go, and and so God does a healing. So, I mean, he's getting interrupted from his interruptions. Kind of sounds like me. You know what I'm saying? I get interrupted so many times that I end up going the right way again. I make a full 360, a seven point turn, right back to where I was going. Um, But maybe you feel the way, but I think Jesus, right, I made kind of a list um, of some of the ways, and there may be many more ways, but I just kind of Uh, found uh, on a website some of the ways that he was interrupted. He was interrupted by people with hemorrhages, which we mentioned, enemy soldiers seeking healing for their household's death, his own disciples while he was trying to take a nap on a boat, demon-possessed people, we talked about that, roof-demolitioning friends of disabled people, religious leaders who had lost loved ones, blind people yelling at him on the street, son of David, son of David, Uh, short people who climbed up trees to see him, and children and their parents seeking a blessing. That's just a small example. Think about Jesus' life. So clearly he understood that part of the Father's design wasn't to always know everything that was coming. Uh, Of course, he's God, and so, you know, I don't want to get into all the theology of, you know, omniscient and all that. But But I have a feeling that Jesus, as the man, may not have always known exactly everything that was happening, but he was ready to respond to those interruptions and ready to discern what was from the Father and so many of the people that he touched Many of the people whose lives were changed forever, many people who, who were blind and received sight, who were broken and received healing, who were lost and were found, were as a result of him being willing to recognize an interruption as an opportunity from God. And I believe that God wants us to learn the same. Um, you know, there's a couple of books um, that have been, well, my mom bought me this book because she thought I read books, right? Um, So it was called The Noticer, and it was all about uh, some, it is fiction, but it was some guy that basically lived in this town, and he walked around, and I don't know, maybe he was independently wealthy because it seemed like he didn't really have a job, but he just kind of like went to the diner and went to the, you know, coffee shop. But his whole thing was he just noticed. He just slowed down enough to notice and to pay attention to what people were talking about and to conversations that were happening between maybe a couple that was arguing Or maybe someone who had lost a loved one recently, or maybe someone who had a who was worried about a decision that they were making, and he was able to, in those moments, uh, potentially step in and just speak a word of encouragement, or just usher a smile, or just be a source of encouragement or, or or comfort to someone. And I believe that God is forgive me. I believe that God is saying sometimes it's about slowing down a little bit. Our speed. If you're like me, man, we're just like, bam, 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 right? Just going, getting her done. Um, And I believe God's saying, hey, slow down. There's a book I have not read. Uh, Wow, I'm talking about a lot of books I haven't read. Um, (laughs) Called Three Minute God. Three Minute God. And I don't even know if it's that great a book, but I think the premise is great because it's about, they say basically, um, excuse me, three uh, mile an hour, God. And it basically is the idea that most people walk at about a pace of three miles an hour. And it's about saying, you know what, in this life, so often we want to run. We want to run from one place to the next. We want to run to the next assignment. We want to run to the next business opportunity. And that's okay. There's a time to to run and to really be efficient and get it done. But sometimes God is saying, hey, what if sometimes I want you to slow down and walk with me and pay attention to other people and listen, right? There was a priest, somebody forwarded an article or a little uh, YouTube clip to Dan and I about a uh, a priest in training I'm, I'm guessing he was anglican because it was kind of in england and, and scotland but he ended up being assigned to scotland and going to this to this parish and he met with the the senior pastor there and he was like okay where's my office and the pastor was like your office well yeah my office it's like it's he opened the door he's like out there it, this is your parish this is the village go go and Meet people and have tea or whatever they do in Scotland, you know. Uh, you know, Get to know people. Slow down. Engage in relationship. Get to know their story. Man, God's calling us, I believe, as his sons and daughters to say, hey, sometimes, not always, sometimes I'm inviting you to slow down just a little bit and become available to some of those interruptions or some of the people around us to kind of, in a sense, walk our parish. Can you imagine the power released if each of us recognized our little cul-de-sac or our little street or our little neighborhood as part of our parish. And as we're engaging with our neighbors and they're fertilizing their lawn and we're fertilizing ours or they're, you know, doing whatever, putting new flowers out in the springtime or whatever it might be, and we're talking, just slowing down, just noticing, just listening with an ear. Lord, how do you want to, how do you want to minister? I believe that incredible power will be released. What about this? I believe that God wants us to know that prayer is the starting point for being effective in making ourselves available. Prayer is the starting point. Marcus uh, was in our teaching team and he said this, your intimacy with Christ is the preparation for evangelism. My intimacy with Christ, my relationship with the Lord is the starting point, it's the fuel, right, for evangelism, for making myself available to the Lord. It begins and ends in that soaking with Jesus. And I believe that as we soak with the Lord in prayer, um, it, it really produces and it cultivates three C's in us, three C's. The first one is compassion. I believe that as we soak in the Lord, it cultivates compassion in us. And again, these are C's that, that help us move out in availability to the Lord. In Matthew 14, verses 13 and 14, we read of a moment in Jesus' story where he had just found out that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And John the Baptist and Jesus were cousins on, from an earthly standpoint family, right, through, through Mary and Elizabeth. Uh, and so there was, there was no doubt a natural affinity, as you might feel, for your cousin. Uh, in addition to that, Obviously, John the Baptist was the one who was sent in the spirit of Elijah to pave the way for Jesus. So he was the one that was like preaching, you know, repent, repent for the kingdom of God is near. And, and he was baptizing people in the Jordan. He was really that, that kind of plow, you know, kind of going ahead of Jesus, the Messiah. And so on two levels, on a personal level, on a ministry level, can you imagine the hit that Jesus took? Literally, you know what hit me with, with this particular reality? A claymation retelling of this moment have you ever seen claymation with the little clay but there was this claymation of this story and it showed jesus hearing the news that john the baptist had been beheaded and saying you know what i need to take some time i'm going to go and pray all night and get away from it all and it just made me go wow sometimes we just think of jesus like this robot that you know doesn't feel anything and it's just so you know Whatever with the kingdom of God, and I don't feel pain, and I don't, you know, and I don't think that's, I believe Jesus was all God and all man, right? He felt hunger and sadness and tiredness and grief, and he felt what we feel. He's able to relate to us as a priest, as a high priest. And so, can you imagine what he was feeling? And maybe he was, can you imagine perhaps, I'm speculating a little, but I'm guessing he might have felt like, man, I need to just step back for a minute. Can I just, can I just, have you ever felt like that? I just need a minute. I just, man, I know there's stuff that needs to be done. I know there's people who need me. I know there's the kids that are needing their dinner, and I know that this. but I just, man, moms, have you ever kind of like put some bath water on, lock the bathroom door, and just hope, you know, just tiptoe? Nobody hear me, because you know, as soon as like you relax, there's like alarms that go off. Mom is relaxing. Let's go attack her, you know. We need it. We all need something simultaneously. <laughs> have you ever felt like, just need a minute. I just, you know, whatever you're going through. Maybe Jesus was in one of those moments. And so it says these words, if you can put that back on the screen. um, On hearing this, the news that John the Baptist had been beheaded, Jesus slipped away privately by boat to be alone. I believe he needed a minute. But when the crowds discovered that he had sailed away, they emerged from all the nearby towns and followed him on foot. So when Jesus landed, he had... (laughs) Exactly what he wanted. A huge crowd waiting for him. Seeing so many people, listen to this. His heart was deeply moved with compassion toward them. So he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. Ah, man. Guys, that's the Jesus that we serve. That's the Jesus that lives in us. That's the Jesus who loves you and me. That's the Jesus who understands when you need a minute and when you're interrupted. He went through it too. You know, and even in the midst of, of what was probably a moment of grief in his life, and of I don't know what he fully experienced, but you know, he, he went across and he saw the multitudes. And, and that word, uh, moved with compassion, it literally in the, uh, the Greek, I, I won't try to pronounce it, but, but it means that he was moved in his inward parts, especially the heart, the lungs, the liver, and the kidneys. All of that was, was moved inside of him. I believe that when we soak in the presence of God, God accomplishes a work of compassion in us that becomes second nature, right? If you catch me and I haven't soaked with God for a month, and I might see all kinds of stuff going on. I'm like, well, I'm sure they made bad decisions. but nah, I don't have time. Pff, you know, it's easy for me just to kind of ignore it all. But when I've been soaking with God, there's a tenderness in my heart. And it says, again, his, his, can you imagine your, your, your liver and your kidneys being contorted inside of you because you realize that God wants these people to be whole and he sat there and he healed all of them. Man, God wants us to, to have his compassion grow in us. What about this one? Uh, courage, second, see, courage. I believe that as we soak in the Lord in prayer, courage grows inside of us, which is an essential component for availability to step out and say yes to God. Um, In Acts chapter 9, we read the story of, uh, well, let me take a step back. In Acts chapter 8, we read the story of Saul of Tarsus, um, whom obviously became very well known uh, in the scripture. But this is before, right? So he had been one of the worst persecutors of the church. And he made it his ambition to go after Christians, to go after people of the way, as they were called. And so he sought letters and said, can I arrest them? Can I throw them in jail? Can I persecute them? Can I you know do ill to them and sure enough he got those letters of authority he went out so he was on his way to to pursue Christians in Damascus and bam the Lord encountered him appeared to him bam and he fell to the ground and he was blinded and he heard a voice saying why Saul Saul why do you persecute me who are you Lord I am Jesus of Nazareth it's hard for you to kick against the goads but I have a purpose for you. And so God called him, so he said yes to the Lord, but he was blinded. So they led him into Damascus, and for three days he didn't eat and he didn't drink water. And he was there, and all of a sudden in chapter nine, it says that this other guy who already knew the Lord, who was a follower of Jesus, named Ananias, he gets kind of the proverbial phone call from the Holy Spirit. Boop, 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 boop. Hello? Yes, this is, you know, your mission, should you choose to accept it. He's like... There's this guy named Saul of Tarsus who I want you to go to him and pray for him that he would receive his sight. And naturally, Ananias was like, "Okay, just, uh, can you spell that for me, please? S a u l of Yeah, is that by chance? Is he related to the Saul of Tarsus who's persecuting Christians and killing everybody? Can you? I don't know. I don't know what Ananias was thinking. Putting myself in his shoes, I'm guessing he was kind of like, uh, excuse me. May I please ask a question?" I would have some concerns, right? There would be a need for courage because all of a sudden here, God is calling you to a place where your life may be in danger. And in this case, I believe it certainly was in danger, but I believe Ananias was a man of prayer. I believe that he was, he had soaked, you know, maybe I can't, it doesn't specifically speak of it. It says that the Lord appeared to him. I think it says in a vision, but but I believe it, it indicates a life of, of intimacy with Jesus and a life that had cultivated an ability to hear and, and a love and, a, and an intimacy. And so, what happened? That courage was one when, when after, even after the Lord's like, "Hey, hey, I got this. I know. Yes, but he's that guy, and I'll show him how much he must suffer for me." And but, but I want you to do this. And he's like, All righty then." It's not. It's that's in the Passion translation. All righty then is what he said. But he actually went, bam, laid hands on him. He received his sight. Scales fell from his eyes. As a bonus, he's like, "Well, since I'm here, why don't you receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit?" Bam. Paul receives the Holy. So his life is transformed, his life has changed. Why? Because Ananias said yes to God. Because he was available to, in an assignment that actually he probably didn't fully understand. Maybe he didn't even really like the idea of like God, right? I mean, you know the story of Jonah, like, I knew you were gonna forgive these Ninevites. That's why I didn't want to go, you know? We don't know. We don't know how he felt about Saul of Tarsus. Maybe he had a family member who had been persecuted. We don't know. But he said yes to God. And he found the courage to step out. I believe that prayer cultivates that courage in us as well. What would have happened if he hadn't? Think of that for a second. What would have happened if he hadn't said yes to God? Paul went on to write like a third of the New Testament. He went on to have three missionary journeys, plus, potentially, I think, the beginning of a fourth, where literally it says that the entire area of Asia heard the word of the Lord through Paul's ministry. Thousands and thousands of people came to know Jesus, thousands of people were set free from hopelessness, from despair, from religiosity, from thinking of God in a pharisaical, angry, bitter, law-giving way, came to know the Jesus that we know. All because one person said yes to God. What could happen? What's Think for a second. What, what's awaiting on the other side of you saying yes? You stepping out in courage? We don't know. We don't know who is going to hear that and who's going to go forth and Serve the Lord in incredible ways that bring glory to God. The third C, not only does it produce compassion, courage, oh, let me give you this quote. I came across this quote as part of this message. I felt like the Lord led me to watch Princess Diaries on Disney (laughs) Plus. That's not true. But I was watching Princess Diaries. Um, (laughs) I should have said my wife was watching Princess Diaries. I was just sitting there was I watching? I, pff, who can really say? I mean, I was in the room. Anyway, but in this movie, uh, Anne Hathaway's character, uh, you know, fictitiously says, oh, my dad wrote me this letter about being a princess and blah, blah, blah. And, but anyway, it actually is a real quote, believe it or not. So you can believe everything you see on Disney+. Plus. No, but it's a real quote from President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And it says this, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something else is more important than fear. Whew. I don't want to get all preachy up in here, but that makes me want to preach. Because what would happen, guys, if, if we in the midst of fear, in the midst of like, ah, but what are they going to think of me? Listen, I'm guessing most of us in Douglas County, Colorado, are probably not gonna be called this week to like go do something that's gonna risk your life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, I I heard there's some motorcycle gangs in town. All right, so maybe I take that back. Who's in town this week? The ain't, the, who? The Banditos. Maybe God's, you know, you see a bunch of motorcycles outside of a bar. God calls you, go in there and tell them I love them. Well, okay, maybe it could be like... In most situations in our lives, probably you're not going to be like literally like Ananias, like go to somebody who may kill you, right? In most of our situations, it's like, "Eh, they might not like me. Oh, it might be awkward. Oh, they might look at me funny, right? I mean, but here we see, I mean, an example of courage, like even in a life, what would happen if we cared so much about the glory of God? What would happen if we were like, God, are you telling me there's a chance that they could encounter you if I step out in courage? Are you, like, I don't even have to have a guarantee. Are you saying there's a chance that if I obey what I think you're leading me to to do or say or pray or give or whatever, that there's a chance that they could encounter your love and come to know how great you are and end up worshiping you and end up in joy, overflowing with gratitude and saying, God, how awesome you are and I'm so thankful that Anna stepped out and, and said that or, or that, you know, Sandra initiated that conversation, right? Or, the, or that Paul, whatever, helped me with my car. Like, I don't know. Whatever it might be. And, and the, that the, 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 the beauty of the glory that comes to Jesus through that step is more important than the fear that we might experience. I believe God can really get glory as we sit in his presence and he builds courage. The last C, though, is discernment. seeing who's paying attention. There is, I didn't say they started with C. (laughs) Guys, I said there are three C's, so discernment. Okay, (laughs) knowing knowing what matters to God in the moment. This is so important, guys. If we're going to really be effective in availability and saying yes to God, because I don't know about you, but I have, oh man, I think we're all programmed to have a certain view of what's important and what's not. And in the ministry, it looks like in, church, in the church world, it looks like, hey, a bunch of people is always way more important than like one person, right? Like a church of 5,000 and being on staff there is way more of a glorious thing than being on, on staff at a church of 250. You know, does that make sense? Like there's just natural calculations, right? Being a part of a, a band that is signed uh, in Nashville is far more important than leading worship with my sister. At a church, right? Like we have a, a natural understanding of what is glorious, what is important, what is significant, and then what isn't. And I believe that so often that isn't the way Jesus sees it. And we need this discernment because if we're gonna operate by our natural mind, we're gonna miss out on the things that God is calling us to step out and do that matter to Him and that He will reward. Because he rewards obedience, right? First Samuel fifteen twenty two, Samuel is having this conversation with Saul because he didn't get this. So Saul, the first king of Israel, just before David, he was told, hey, go and completely obliterate whatever, this enemy country and all this kind of stuff and kill all the animals and everything. And he's like, well, okay. But he's like, he ended up deciding to keep some of the animals and so to sacrifice uh, to the Lord, right? It seemed like a good thing. Oh, but I kept some of the animals so I can sacrifice. And Samuel tells him, don't you know that obedience is more important, I'll I'll quote this exactly, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. I believe God's looking for a people that have discernment and that are willing to, just like Jesus at times, turned off the crowds and went and hung out with Nicodemus, this confused religious leader who was like, I'm a Pharisee, like in the eyes of the world, I have it all together, but man, something's still missing. How, how, how can I be born again? Tell me about the spirit of God. And Jesus is able to tell him, it's like the wind, it blows the leaves, but you can't see it, but man, it's real. right? Jesus was able to step away and have a conversation with a foreign woman at a well in Samaria who was despised because she wasn't the right ethnicity. She was viewed as contaminated, as, as polluted, as not a pure Jew. But Jesus was like, hey, this, and plus, she had lived with a bunch of guys, and the guy that she now had wasn't even her husband. So, you know, add to that, she's living in sin. But Jesus, what, has this discernment who's able to tell from the Father, hey, say no to the crowds right now, and spend some time one-on-one with this woman, and tell her, hey, if you ask me, I'll give you living water. You'll never thirst again. The only way we're going to be able to recognize those assignments from God and say yes, and be available is if we soak in God's presence and we cultivate that discernment. So that get, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, you all know it, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I believe God's saying, hey, I'm not looking for people that look through the eyes of the flesh and, oh, this must be important to God because it seems very impressive. But who are just saying, Lord, show me today. Maybe it's some tiny little rub my wife's feet because her feet are sore, you know? And that's like, God's like, yes! That's what I was looking for. That's the obedience. It wasn't going out and sharing my testimony in a stadium full of people, you know? Let's look at it through God's eyes, guys. That's where the reward is. That's where he gets glory. Hey, if he wants me to speak to a stadium full of people, he he can make that happen. But he doesn't want me looking for that. He wants me just saying, Lord, what's... What's next on my plate? What, what do you want from me today? And step out it, obedience be available. So I'll close with this. Here's a thought. Coming back to Matthew 14, the story of Jesus grieving perhaps over John the Baptist and, and choosing to say yes and be available to the, to the crowds and having that compassion, you know, having the courage, having that discernment. It's interesting, right after that happened, Because he said yes to the father in that situation and made himself available, guess what? They found themselves with these multitudes of people, 5,000 men plus women and children. I don't know, that was probably a bunch of people. Could have been 15,000 if, you know, most men had a wife, one child. Back then, oftentimes they had more children. So, I mean, we don't know. This could have been a crowd of 30,000 people, 20,000. I don't know. There's a bunch of people. And they found themselves away on this mountainside with no food. All the 7-Elevens were closed. Starbucks was on strike. Like everybody, there was, no. But there was no food. And you know the story. A little boy was brought to Jesus with five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took it and he blessed it. And then he broke it. And then he gave it. And God did an incredible miracle that fed thousands of people. They saw the glory of God. I don't. I can't prove this, but but what if? What if Jesus saying yes to the Father, in that distraction, of 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 ministering to those people when he was planning on just having some time away? What if that set up God's glory to be shown miraculously in one of the greatest miracles? I think that we read about the feeding of the five thousand is something so incredibly glorious, how God showed his power. What about this? What if in our lives, the miraculous is waiting for us on the other side of saying yes to God in some little thing that he's showing us right now? What if he's just saying, hey, will you do this? Will you step out here? And man, we don't know, right? What, what's he going to do? What's, I don't know. He doesn't always let me see that. Right? C.S. Lewis wrote, sometimes we're not given to know what would have happened if we don't choose that road. But when we say yes to God, then I believe that God wants to meet us in incredible ways and show his glory and that we'll be able to rejoice in that. So Mark Marble, uh, one of our family members here, said this quote. You know, they're getting involved in, a, in an outreach uh, to host uh, a family seeking asylum. That, that can't work legally in America for six months, and they've got all their expenses, and so they're gonna house them, and they're putting a team of people together. If you're interested, you know, come talk to me or uh, get a hold of us, but they have different people doing different things, you know, providing different kinds of assistance uh, to really come around this family. I believe they're gonna be from Congo, but, uh, and we may have a chance to meet them at some point. But, uh, and, and he said this. He goes, you know, I've been thinking about this. If you never do anything, you'll never do anything. <laughs> I'm like, wait, say that again. <laughs> if you never do anything, you'll never do anything. Sometimes God is saying, hey, the moment is now. Like, you know, I can always, well oh, tomorrow, Lord, ask me again tomorrow. You know, can I, is there a snooze button on the Lord's word? Maybe sometimes God circles back around, but sometimes that was the moment. Sometimes that was the opportunity, and God was like, well, it's okay. I got somebody else to maybe cover that, or, or I don't know how that works. But God is saying, man, will you say yes to me today? Will you say yes to me right now? So here's what I want to do. Um, we're going to pray, and then um, I just want us to have a couple of minutes just to listen uh, to the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I, maybe as, as I've been speaking, as we've been kind of delving into this, God's already kind of nudging a little bit of an area of your heart, like you already kind of know something, a relationship that God's saying, hey, would you be available here? Or maybe it's an area of your life that God is saying, hey, would you slow down and pay a little bit of attention in this area? Would you be available to me? And guys, we don't have to like over-spiritualize this. Maybe God's saying, hey, mow your grass, DJ. Your wife's been asking you to do it for like three days. Be available before you leave for your anniversary trip this tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, like hey, God God cares about all of it. Don't, don't think you have to come up with some super spirit. But maybe it's just an area that God's saying, hey, would you be available? Would you discern my word? Would you step out and courage? Would your eyes be and your heart be filled with compassion? So let's just pray, and then we're just going to take a couple of minutes. If you sense something uh, that God is moving you to, you don't have to share all of it, but if there's just an area that you feel moved by the Lord, I believe there's power in sharing and just kind of putting that out there, right? Sometimes the word of our God oftentimes speaks first, like, here's what I'm going to do, and then he does it right? God told, hey, the Lord does nothing without revealing his will to the prophets. So that God likes to say it, and then do it. And I believe that we're made in his image, and sometimes he says, hey, make yourself accountable. Say, like, you maybe don't have it all figured out, but like, I feel like God's moving me in this general direction. And all of a sudden, guess what? We're accountable to each other. We can be praying for each other. We can come back next week or in a couple of weeks and share how God met us, and we're beginning to trust the Lord. We're beginning to walk in obedience. So, Father... Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for wanting to involve us in your kingdom work. Thank you for caring about every area of our lives. Lord, you care about our kids, their education. You care about our jobs. You care about our finances. You care about our neighbors. You care about our parents. You care about our marriages. You care about our relationships and friendships. You care about our walk with you. You care about others in this area that don't know you yet. You care about the ends of the earth, the nations across the world, people groups, Lord. Your heart is full of love. And, Lord, you don't push us into things. You lead us. You invite us into things. You're not a rancher. You're a shepherd. You don't drive the herd. You lead the flock And you are wanting us to be a flock that knows your voice, and you call us each by name. There's not a one-size-fits-all. There's not a every sheep has to do exactly this thing the same way. Lord, you're a good shepherd, and you love your sheep, and you call us by name, and, and we go in and out through the gate that is you, and we find good pasture. So, Lord, I pray right now, if there's any heaviness through anything that I've shared or anything, if there's any sense of, like, guilt or shame or manipulation or, like, oh, I've got to go out and do a bunch of stuff for God, Lord, wash that away right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you understand margin. You understand all of the things we're going through. You understand the busyness of our life. Man, there is no shame and no guilt in your word. It's just life. It's just you know exactly how we need to hear from you, what we need to hear So, Lord, we open our hearts now. And, God, if there's an area that you're saying, hey, here's an area that that could be fun to do together. Here's somebody that that we could show love to together. Here's, maybe it's within our family. Maybe it's in the closest little circle. Maybe it's across the street. Maybe it's at a school. Maybe it's at a gym. Maybe it's at our workplace, man. Lord, we just want to stop and listen and ask for your directive, God. You spoke to Ananias You led your son, Jesus. Father, would you lead us now? We're ready to listen. We're ready to obey. So we listen to you now. So I believe as the Lord is, you know, showing us like, it's good to hear him, but the true power of the miraculous is unleashed when we obey, when we when we really listen, when we heed, and when we set our hearts to say yes and be available to him. So we wanna just make a moment to, to make room for that because again, as good as his word is, if we all left and just sort of, Thought that was nice. Um, but we didn't step out. I think we would be missing a big part of, of the impact of the glory of God that God wants to see this week, kind of right here in our families and in our relationships and in our worlds. So, um, who would, who's willing to share? Amanda, did you? Oh, yeah, right over here. Thank you. Hey, um, I'm Courtney.
5: Nice to meet you all. <laughs> um, so, this weird, it's been really weird. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. Which I don't normally. Um, but my husband and I have been going through a lot of infertility stuff. So I've been going through IVF and I've been blessed enough that I'm actually able to. So that's how I've been looking at it. Um, but I think God's been telling me through all that I'm a workaholic. And so I've been really slowing down and having to take breaks from work and, um, things like that. And so there's been a lot of messages. Um, but through that, there's also been a lot of interruptions. We had to do multiple egg retrievals, which most people don't have to do. Um, I got delayed, so I actually do transfer next week of my embryo. So we've been blessed with um, healthy embryos, so I do transfer next week. Um, But it was supposed to be this last month, and that got delayed too because I got COVID, which is fine. It's just COVID. Um, (laughs) um, But through that, I think I'm just trying to hear um, what God's trying to tell me because I just found out last week my transfer day is the same day my grandma's going to start chemo. And I think there's something to that. To have been delayed so much, and it just happens to fall. And even her journey has been delayed. They still don't even know where the cancer is. They're just doing chemo to try to fight it. So um, I'm just. I think in my aspect, it's more that I'm trying to hear and I'm trying to see it, and I'm still going through it. But um, you know, I think I think dates like that are very relevant, and I think God is trying to say something. Um, I'm taking some of it away, but uh, hopefully this is just teaching me, you know, especially with work, you know, I'm going through a lot of changes to just open myself up and give myself more to my community rather than maybe a company. (laughs) Um, But uh, uh, I just wanted to share that because I think it's kind of a journey my husband and I are going through. And I think, um, like you said, interruptions, there's been plenty of them. And to have those dates fall is just a little too much of a coincidence for me. So...
0: So good. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, up here, Maddie.
6: I'm Maddie. Um, What I heard is really interesting because our best friends also have been struggling with infertility, but they chose to open their home this year to two foster girls, their sisters. Um, And it's been they have parents who have had a lot of substance abuse and they've already been adopted by kinship to have to go back It's a, a, a big story. Um, but the oldest girl, she's seven. And that is what I heard the Lord say was, um, to write her a letter and they just found out mom had been in treatment. And they just found out in the last week she got out and relapsed like in, in two days. Um, and so, basically, the verdict at this point is they're going to push for permanency, that there's just not a reality at this point, that the girls will go back to their parents. And that's always the goal in foster care is um, reunification with mom and dad. And But the reality is that it's just not going to be an option anymore. So, our friends are going to push for full adoption. But the seven-year-old, the other is almost three. So, she kind of has a little bit less understanding, I think, where what's going on she often refers to our friend as mommy the seven-year-old gets really offended by that um but there's a reality that the oldest is is truly convinced she's going to go back to mom like she's truly truly convinced um being in this foster home she actually got she accepted Jesus so she's it's been really cool um she through just simple encounters she's like the girl that's like convinced so it's like she met jesus and now she's convinced of the gospel and that's what i heard the lord say is there will be a point where the pain and the hole in her life is going to question why she couldn't go back to her mom and dad um and just heard the lord say write her a letter and step in and be a mama in her life so yeah
0: Thank you for sharing that yeah somebody else yeah
7: hi my name is hannah oh that's a little louder than i thought um so i am diagnosed with bipolar one disorder um have been for about the last five years and i feel like the lord just as i was sitting here sometimes like you said he'll kind of poke and prod you like once and you have your moment and then it's gone But sometimes he is persistent, and sometimes he will give you multiple chances to, you know, step into your calling. And so just as I was sitting here, um, something that's really been on my heart for the last couple of years since, um, you know, it was really difficult for my family um, to really kind of figure out what this meant for my life. And um, just kind of the purpose that I feel like the Lord has put on my life, I'm also a counselor now, um, but is to just in the Christian setting relate what mental health looks like and how you can still struggle but still serve the Lord. And so I just feel like that is so, um, like, that it just keeps, I don't know, it won't go away. So I feel like even when you're unsure, like, that's when you have to obey, and that's when you have to step into faith. And even if you don't know what's going to happen on the other side, that's when kind of I feel like the Lord will make his way known either way.
0: So good. Maybe even that availability to to truth or to right to kind of facing something that we've been kind of holding back on on saying and the lord saying hey as you face it i've got healing in store or i've got a process i'm going to meet you and thank you for sharing that yeah
8: hi everyone i'm tyrone clark Uh, i have a interesting story to share i think it might be helpful i'm um i i own a company and uh I had an employee, um, and after a number of years, he started getting into alcohol and drugs and started doing a lot of bad things, and we had to let him go. Um, He ended up going to jail. He um, had some horrible things that happened in his life, but um, I had even given him uh, some money to help him. But he never paid it back, and everybody didn't like him. And after years, I ran into him, and Seven told me to give him a job. And my staff was really mad. And, And I was really kind of taken back at how angry they were with me. I remember them being in my office and just staring me down and say, don't hire him. I did anyway and uh, some felt like to do that and so today he is fantastic he is so super organized he cleaned up his life he's one of the best people we've ever had um so i just want to say that if you have a husband or somebody in your family or who goes in a different world really dark and um to step out for helping somebody, even though <laughs> I had so much opposition, even to the point where I questioned myself, like I might lose the morale of my staff by doing this, but look what happened today.
0: So anyway, I hope that's helpful. So good. Step, being available to say yes when the Lord was, was putting that in your spirit and seeing the fruit of that. It's mm. good.
9: Else before we close. Hmm. Hi, I'm Eli. Um, so I just got recently asked to uh lead a house church um and along with the enzymes. Um so the patents, um most of you guys know they uh, had left for Texas and me and my wife Brittany, um she's in the nursery, but um, you know, we're kind of new, and so it felt like Patents were like a big shoe to fill, and we're just like, We're new to this church, make come up with all these excuses. We have a new baby, we're on schedule, and all this other stuff. But, um, you know, we prayed and prayed about it, just like you say, like, um, and it gave us the courage, it gave us the, um, you know, the compassion and everything. And I just prayed on, asked what, asked the Lord, what you need me to do, and He just said, Listen, you know, and like, um, just be a leader and listen. So we came up with uh, Matthew 6, 25 to 34, just about, we talked about don't worry. And, and it's crazy how much that impacted that group on, on that Saturday. And um, and all I had to really do is just bring it out there and just listen. And that's really a big thing for me um, to learn. It's because I'm like a big problem solver. And, um, now he's kind of, I feel like he's kind of working on just listening. And then that's what we talked about also is how much of a blessing Shine Church is, is like for people like Anna and and Jade and everybody, especially people that are new. It's so easy for us to step out and be vulnerable because it feels like a family here and we're all going through the same thing in in life. So yeah, man, it's just every day is learning experience. You just got to pray, listen, and and, and go through with it. It's cool.
0: Thank you so much, Eli, for sharing that. God meets us sometimes just as we're stepping out of the boat. You know what I mean? Like, step on the water. <laughs> but, Lord. Oh, so good. Anybody else? It's uh, 11.33, so technically I have no legal ability to, you know. <laughs> your contract with Shine says you can leave at 11.30, so, you know, we are three minutes, but.
1: Damn. Uh, or, I, I keep trying to talk God out of making me say this, but uh, you mentioned Godspeed, that video that somebody from this church sent to us. First off, if you have something you've read or the videos, send it to us because we love seeing what God is doing inside of you. But um, that video convicted me as well. And when he talked about the parish... Um, I, I felt like the Lord told me, and when you had us just praying that quiet time, I just felt like the Lord really just confirmed in my heart that my neighborhood is my parish. Um, and how many times do I go for a walk and there's people outside their house and I just walk right on by matter of fact, I try not to make (laughs) eye contact. I, and, um, and I really feel like God is saying, Hey, that is the people that I have put you in the neighborhood with. Um, and so i I'm gonna be very intentional about being being available to going and just introducing myself to maybe neighbors that i haven't um and just see what the Lord wants to do in the middle of that uh, i haven't been real good at that, and so um, that's when I feel like God is speaking to me in regards to availability so good.
10: Hi, I'm Rosie. Um, so that, what Pastor Dan just shared, just kind of hit me because when we were praying earlier, just being quiet, I was like, so what else? What do, I, what do you want me to do, Lord? <laughs> you know, like, okay. You know, and he goes, I want you to walk around your complex and pray for everybody. And I was like, oh, okay. And that's not very hard. You know, you can just take time and walk. And I do try to walk before I go to work because I just sit all day and then I just feel like I got to get up. I got to move around. So that's what I was told to do. And I just feel like that is a really cool thing to do around your neighborhood. If you are going to walk your dog or just walk with your your spouse or your kids or whatever, pray. Pray for your neighbors. You don't know what's going on in their lives. you know. Pray for the children that are there. Pray for the the marriages and the single people and everybody, you know, the elderly, and in my, my apartment complex, there's a lot of, like, older people that are, like, by themselves, and I don't see, I don't know if their families come, but, you know, they need, they need prayer.
11: Hello, I'm Tommy. Um, So I work at Chipotle um, as one of the managers. And so my, (laughs) yes, Chipotle is manna from heaven. Um, But most of the people that I work with are high schoolers and college students. That's the age group. And probably a whole third of our crew is either like homosexual, transgender, all the different terms. Um, And so it's. There's me and one other girl who's a Christian, and so it's definitely, um, it's easy in the sense to make myself available because I'm, like, the only person to be available in that way, but it does take, like, courage, Um, and so it's been cool just being obedient and hearing from God because I think there's a lot of times where it's harder to step out in courage and be obedient and be available when you don't know how necessarily to interact with someone going through something that you've never gone through. So, like, for me, it's it's a lot easier. Like, my wife and I, have, we've done missions. It's, it's easier for me to go to somebody who's, like, struggling with an addiction or something like that. But I think something where a lot of Christians and people struggle with is especially that whole LBGQTQ. i <laughs> say it. Um, and so it's definitely, like, I think what I've been even just hearing from God right now is, like, to, of course, keep doing that, but he's changed my heart in so many ways to just love them and see them through his eyes, Um, and just sometimes, like, being courageous is like, okay, God, I have no idea how to interact with this person or talk to them, or even sometimes, like, it's harder to love them, and, like, how do you do that in a way that they could understand, Um, and so just, like, God, make me available, relate things to me where I can just be available to do that and it's like this is uncomfortable because this is something that i don't know so you have to give me your love your heart your eyes to do this so it's mine
6: to just speak testimony in regards to that just his avail- availability to love them to pray with them when i go in <clears throat> to chipotle because they become our family is the amount of them that have said, like, your, your husband loves me, is really cool to see. Wow. And they've said, like, he's the good Christian. And so, it yeah, wow. it's really cool. <laughs> so
0: good. So good. I think I, I, I remember a, a meme or something I came across that said, we should be more concerned about putting Christ back in Christian than Christ back in Christmas kind of a thing. <laughs> I think there may be something there. <laughs> and it sounds like God's using you, Tommy. What a cool thing, man, just for people to see Jesus in us. Not religion, not a list of, you know, even convictions, as good as those might be, but just to see him, to see him. Wow. man, Father, we just, uh, we thank you for giving us an opportunity to sit at your feet. And Lord, we want to learn from you. He said, if any of you are tired or heavy burdened, uh, come to me and I will give you rest. Learn from me. (laughs) Sit with me, learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. God, we, we just desire not to do more but to do what you're asking. Sometimes that's doing less. Sometimes that's doing nothing. Sometimes that's doing a lot, but when it's with you, there's life in it. When there's with you, like Tommy said, you give us, you give us a, a, a bridge, a, an approach, something. You give us an idea that's birthed from your love, from your heart. It's not out of duty or out of guilt or shame or trying to earn something. It's just birthed purely out of your love for someone. And we can step out in obedience, God. We can make ourselves available. We can trust you. And I believe that we're going to be amazed as we do that. So God, we just pray. Lord, thank you for all those that have shared. Thank you for all of the vulnerable situations that we find ourselves in. And We just pray that you would meet each one, God, where we're at, Lord, in adoption situations and in vitro situations and just all the different, all the different ways, professional situations, Lord. Meet with us, God, but we say yes to you, Lord. We want to say yes, even preemptively, before you maybe even fully give clarity to what it is. We want to give you a preemptive, hey, yes, it's going to be a yes. It's going to be a yes, Jesus. Just show me what and when and who. And Lord, just, we ask it for your clarity this week. Give us a specific assignment. Give us something that we know is from you. Let us partner with you in it. Let us see you meeting us there. And may others come to know your goodness, God. We thank you for it. Thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.